Okay, let's share, let's talk. This morning, um, if you want to have a title for it, it's called Lot's Wife. We said we didn't really have a name for her. Um, but yes, I want to carry on talking about rest a little bit more, and I want to start, start by looking at this verse that we looked a few, what's that, a few weeks ago. Uh, it says, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. And I want to explore this verse a little bit more today and talk about rest some more, because um, we, we always need rest, don't we? Um, the importance of rest that brings salvation as well as strength. Because we said this a few weeks ago, that Jesus' primary concern is not our external salvation, rather than it's our internal. It's, it is his concern, but not his primary concern. He's more bothered about the internal. He wants you to deal with whatever is going on on the inside of you. Because he knows that doing that will help you with the external things. Removing the external doesn't always help long term. He is so much more bothered with the internal. With you becoming more and more like him. And let's read Psalm 34, verse 17. The righteous cries out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. And when we read this verse, it might be quite easy to think that he will come and remove everything external that we are thinking about right now. Even as I'm speaking right now, there are, maybe I have a a list that I could think that I I would like God to come and remove these troubles away from me, external things everything that we would like to be removed from, everything that we believe we need to be saved from. But this is not what David is talking about in this psalm. He is talking about the internal. I'm not saying he isn't removing external troubles and afflictions, but it isn't his primary concern. Let's look at Daniel in the Old Testament. God didn't remove the lions from the den, but he did save Daniel. In the first part of the story, if we read it, it seems that God forgot about him. God did not rescue him. God is like, where are you? He's on his way to the lion's den. God, where are you? And you think, oh, how is this going to end? It seems that God forgot about him. How many times have we felt that God had forgotten about us? I know I have felt that at times. But as we might know, if we're familiar with the story, that Daniel does not get eaten by the lions. Daniel's life is spared. It seems that God didn't remove the lions from Daniel's life, but he had to learn to trust that the lions wouldn't eat him alive. He had, he had to learn that he could walk among hungry lions. They wanted to devour him, and he will be okay because God would be with him and protect him in that The second part of that Isaiah verse that we read, there it is, Uh, it comes to mind when I think of Daniel in the den. In quietness and strength is your strength. Um, In quietness and trust is your strength. In those moments in the lion's den, Daniel was in quietness and trust, and that brought him strength, internal strength, not physical strength, because he didn't fight the lions. Um... But it brought him internal strength that helped him be in amongst 
lions, they wanted to eat him. And very often we assume that God will not put, he will not put us in a lion's den as you were. That he simply will not allow us to be in such a situation ever. And yet, we see in Daniel's life that he does. He doesn't remove the threat to his life. But as Daniel faces up to the threat and learns to trust, he is saved. Daniel's strength didn't lie in anything else but putting his trust in God. Because dealing with the internal will bring us peace and rest. When we are not dealing with the internal, we're trying to control the external, which is not very restful. So rest comes from dealing with everything that is going on in and inside of us. When we are not dealing with the internal, we try to control the external, which is not very restful. Jesus wants you and I to deal with everything internal because it is the only thing we can control. The, the only thing I can control is my mind, my reactions, my responses. As much as I'd like to believe or try, I cannot control anything external. Ask any parent with a toddler. We can influence the external best. You can plan it, you can organize it, but we know very well, if you've been here for more than two minutes in this world, they, unexpected things happen all the time. So many things outside of our control happen, even when everything has gone to plan. But the only thing that I can control is inside. So dealing with the internal is the only thing that I can do to control, if you want, the external. Because I will be responding, reacting, and operating from a changed place inside of me. So if I want to control the external, I do that by working on the internal. I, work, I do that by working on the inside of me. Because then when any situation arises around me, I I'm in control of my reactions, my responses, and the place I'm operating from. And that's the only thing I can control. And that's the only thing that will have an effect on the external. Because I can't control people's choices. I can't control weather. I can't control traffic. I can't control anything around me on the external. Dealing with the internal and finding quietness and trust in God is what will bring us rest. The rest that Jesus has been talking about. But, and this is what I want us to talk about this morning, he is changing you, transforming you on the inside so you can move forward. It's important to keep moving forward and not dwell on the things that he brought to light because facing reality is very important. But sitting in it is not. He wants you to keep moving forward because facing reality is important and crucial to deal with the internal, but sitting in it is not. Facing reality is about allowing God to bring things to light, things that need to be dealt with, pain that needs to be healed, insecurity that need to be dealt with, fears and worries that need to be dealt with. But in each of these things, God wants to deal with them. In, in each of these things, you are meant to be restored, meant to be healed, and learn to be more like him. But we are meant to learn, grow from them, and look forward rather than backwards. So let's read in Luke 17, 32. It says this, 
we read these words of Jesus. Remember Lot's wife. Why remember Lot's wife? What did she do? She looked back and she got stuck. She got stuck in a place where she was only meant to pass through. Lot and his family had to face the reality of their situation. Of the place they were in, they had to face the reality. It was no longer livable for them to stay in it. But they were not meant to get stuck in it. God wanted to deliver them, but he specifically told them not to look back. Perhaps he's saying this, don't look back and get stuck in a place where you are just passing through. Rest comes from dealing with the internal and from not looking back, from keep moving forward. Jesus said this to his disciples. Let us go to the other side. Yes, there was a storm, but Jesus' intention was to bring them to the other side, not to dwell in the storm. Jesus wants to take you to the other side. Jesus was able to sleep in a storm because he knew he wasn't going to get stuck in it, because he knew where he was going. He knew his destination. He knew that this storm is not going to be the thing that brings him down. So he had internal peace about it. He is not getting stuck in the storm. It's just a place of passing on the way to the other side. So let's read these verses in Mark 5. This is when they got to the other side after the storm. They went across the lake of the region of Hieronesis. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore. Not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and brought the iron irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and the hills, he would cry and cut himself with stones. I mean, they've just been through a storm, and you think, oh, they're on the other side. Let's have a rest and a brew. Oh, wait, never mind. There's a man that's possessed. And actually, the storm, let's go back to the storm, because that seemed a bit easier. They, when they got there... They're dealing with a man that was possessed. It was important for them to get through to the other side, to get through to the storm, for this man to receive his deliverance. But if they would have got stuck in the storm, the man would have never been freed. They were meant to get to the other side, not just for their sake, for them to be safe from the storm, but for someone else's sake. We are being called to be, to to be restored to restore, not just restored, but to move on to restore not just the pastors and the apostles in each house but each one of us are called to be restored and then to restore each one of us in our spheres in our areas in the seasons we find ourselves and going through in each time jesus says i want you to be restored to restore he wants to restore you. He wants to deal with the internal, but he wants you to go to the other side. And what's on the other side? It might be something that you need to deal with, bigger than the storm. He doesn't want you to look back, not to get stuck in this place, but to get to the other side. Because the other side isn't just for you. It's for everyone around you. Whatever you are going through right now, whatever you are struggling with, whatever you are facing, and might feel like you are never going to get out of, in this new season, in this season right now, you have something in you that is a key to someone else's freedom. 
that is not just for you. Jesus wants to bring you freedom, but because in you there is a key for someone else's freedom. What you have been given from the Father is not just for you. We are a family, and we operate as a family. We are not alone in this house. Adam reminded us of all this phrase that we used quite a lot in 2021. Um, they said, the knower between two somewheres. And when we are dealing with internal things in our lives, it can feel like we are in the middle of nowhere. It can feel like we are going through a desert. It can feel like we are in between destinations. If we can feel lost, we are a bit too far away from where we've been and we know we don't want to go back there. But we also feel like the destination and whatever is ahead, it's too far and I can't see it. And how will I ever get there? And we're in this place in between and it feels stuck and it feels like it's nothing. In the midst of it, it can even feel like, why did I even start going on this journey? Actually, when I was there, it was a bit easier. Yes, I was in the dark and I didn't know better, but it was also easier. Now that I've started going on this journey, now I have to go on. It's hard, it's overwhelming, it's painful. But that is what facing reality does. It br does bring pain when you first look at it. But we are not meant to stay in that pain. There might be times when you might think it would have been easier to stay in the dark, to not know this, to not face that, to not face this particular reality. But now you are here in the midst of dealing with it, in the midst of dealing with the pain and suffering of it all, it feels like you're in between two somewheres. That is the knower between two somewheres, that some of us might find ourselves right now, and the knower that we have all been at some point when dealing with internal things. We're no longer in the dark, but we have not reached the other side yet. So it feels empty, it feels like walking through a desert or a storm. And behind us might look like there's a fire coming down, like Lot and his family, and ahead doesn't look much better either. But Jesus says these words in Luke, remember Lot's wife. He's asking us to remember her, to look at her and learn from her. She was in a place where it felt like the nowhere between two somewheres. Behind her was destruction and fire and suffering, and she couldn't see ahead just yet. She couldn't see her destination. We read these words in Genesis. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away with the, when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the man grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. And I've read this bloody many times. As I was reading the other day, I was like, wait a second, he hesitated. There are two angels that are telling him there's going to be fire coming in your town. And he's thinking, oh, what should I pack? He hesitated. But even in that, God's mercy finds him and says, they grasped him by his hand and led him to safety. There are times when we are facing reality that we might hesitate, that we might find ourselves not sure. And even in those moments, God is with you. God is leading you out. What a beautiful picture of God's heart. That even when he's telling you, this is what's going on. This is what's going to happen. This is where it's good and safe. Come with me. And we hesitate. He leads us out of that place. 
He didn't just send the angels to warn them and give them some instructions, but the angels took him by the hand and led him to safety. I have found myself many a times in a situations where I needed to be led to safety when dealing with big things. God has placed people around me in my life, not just to warn me and bring me to light, but also to lead me to safety. A beautiful image of God's heart for each one of us. But let's carry on reading from verse 17. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes. And now you have shown great kindness to me, sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Talk about dramatic. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee there. It's very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. Lot couldn't see where God wanted to take him. This mountain seemed too far. He couldn't quite see how he would be safe there. Sometimes when we find ourselves in the in-between place, in the nowhere between two places, like Lot was, we cannot see how we can even make it there. There in the safe place where he tells us we are going. He's telling us, go to the mountains. I mean, this is the God that already got him out of the city. And even in this, the angels have mercy on him and are telling him that they will grant him this request as well and let him go somewhere closer in a city nearby. It can be so hard to see far ahead at times. God is telling us to keep going forward and telling us where he's taking us, but we can't see that far ahead. We can't see how we will make it there. Listen to these words from Lot. I can't flee to the mountains. The disaster will overtake me and I'll die. That is his fear speaking. The disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Please let me just go this. This is safe enough for me right now. Let me go here. I can't even start by thinking about the mountains. Let me go here. And the angels say, okay, we will spare this city as well. Stay there. And in God's mercy, he allows us to be in this place of nowhere between two summers. Because if we carry on reading in Genesis, we see that Lot does end up in the mountains eventually. When he realizes the angels were right. And the mountains were the safe place for him to go and start a new life. But let's go back to Lot's wife. She received an instruction. What was her instruction? Well, all of the family's instruction to not look back but as we know she did and she got stuck she got stuck in a place where she was only meant to pass through i have often thought of this story and thought to myself i'd be lot's wife i'd look back it's so tempting to just take a peek it's so tempting to just look back and be like oh but look at it i can't believe that is happening but there is destruction He wants to show us the significance of not looking back, of not getting stuck in the in-between place. Because what he has for us on the other side is good. What is on the other side is safety. But it isn't just for you. You are meant to go through so you can help others. If Lot and his children would have also looked back like like the wife, there would have been no future for his line. There would have been no children, no, no Lot. He was meant to go forth, not just for his safety and his daughter's safety, but for his future generation's safety. 
We are meant to look and move forward for our sake, but for everyone else's sake, for our future and for the future of everyone around us. Because we are a family, a unit, which means it's about all of us together. And when we do that, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So let's pray this morning and then we will pray for Nepal. Thank you, Lord, that you lead us to safety, even when we hesitate. Thank you, Father, that you tell us about the, the mountains where you want to take us. Thank you, Father, that you are so good. That even when the lions from the den are not removed, you bring protection over us. You spare us. But Lord, thank you so much that you are so much more bothered with my internal rather than my external. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are almighty and you are so big and you are so amazing. You are so good. And in your goodness, you remove all the troubles. Thank you, Father. Amen.